Well, th- hey, thanks for that, uh, that slam dunk that you threw down on me there a, a month or so ago. I mean, does anybody, like, look at a sunset, like, on a beautiful day? What is that cat doing? Uh, Jim is doing that swooshy thing again. I already gave him a little bit of shit. Am I allowed to say shit? I gave him yeah. a little bit of shit. It's- And welcome to episode 36 of the Romantic About Baseball podcast. I am your host, Adam McKinnon, joined as often by my co-host, Jim Passon Jr., Jim. Hey, welcome to the regular season, finally, hey? <laughs> it took us Made 35 it. episodes to get to get back here, but it is our first regular season episode since episode one. And uh, we are, uh, so you'll notice we are on video this time. Um, the first half of our show will be on video posted to our YouTube and our RAB TV channel. Uh, the second half will be, we'll go back to uh, the regular audio. So uh, you can find that on the regular podcast feed. So yeah, I'm going to um, shave for the second half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah th- that's what we do over break. <laughs> We're going to do like a little like outtake video. Um, yeah, it'll be great. So uh, face ready for radio. Yeah, exactly. And you can see my 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 daughter's uh, play castle in the back here. So you know nice. this is uh, this is and then my little memorabilia wall on the back of my barren uh, basement room. So you know keeping the decor. I got like a uh, box of Ichiro uh, bobblehead and then Edgar Martinez drive a, a thingamajigger free stuff I got from the baseball game. <laughs> While wearing a Yankees shirt. It's, yeah, uh, I don't pay for things. Yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't pay for this shirt either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, Why it's pay sponsored. for things when they're free? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, speaking of things that we probably wouldn't have paid for, how about an opening day game that doesn't even make it if a 60 game season that doesn't even make it through the whole game. So it's, uh, yeah. Opening day was the most 2020 opening day in the history of 2020 of, of, of of opening day because it, uh, it rained out of course. Because and there was another game too, but you had to stay up until whenever. Right. To yeah. Watch it, right. Us East Coasters were we had to be up until you know one in the morning to kind of like finish that one out. So yeah. But yeah. um, you know, and of course, and, and not just that. It's not like we can't just not have nice things. All right. The game. Yeah. Sure. The Yankees and the Nationals game gets rained out, but you don't even get Juan Soto in the game who tests nope. positive for a coronavirus like hours before game time. Um. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it's we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, you know, we agreed before the show we weren't going to go down the rabbit hole. But, you know, <laughs> the, the Braves lose both their catchers uh, before before the you know, before a game. Um, you know, it's this is not going away. And we are going to do these regular season shows just kind of knowing that the rug can be pulled out from under us at, at any point. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. I mean, even opening day, yeah, besides Soto getting right there at the end, positive test, right? Then uh, Kershaw gets pulled right. right before the game, too. And so both the opening day games, I guess, opening day, using day as a pretty loose term, because I don't know why you wouldn't have day games on opening day. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just been, uh, yeah, 2020. Yep. That, that about sums it up. So, um, uh, so anyway, you know, one of the, the other, Oh yeah, we forgot about the other like big thing, the thing we were going to talk about, um, you know, the, uh, the expanded playoffs that the league, <laughs> de- that the league decided to, uh, to drop, you know, just slide in right before opening day, uh, which yeah, you're, yeah, it's, it's yeah. something, it's something, Jim. It's, uh, I mean, ah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever, I guess, right? I mean, give it to us. I mean, but <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the, the reason why we're even dealing with it, right? I mean, I, I don't believe in a league that lets half the teams into the postseason. No. I don't believe in any league. Should and do and that. you know what? It's like, it, I get it, it but I got to respect, and I, I think they were talking about this one effectively wild, and I, I, I had to I think uh, uh, Sam Miller was talking about it you have to respect almost the league just a little bit because it's not just that, Hey, this season's weird. And we know that no, you know, no one's really going to care about it. Let's just tattoo it across our foreheads that like, you know what? Let's just make it expand to playoffs. Yeah. You want runners on second for extra innings. 
Sure. What better time? You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's just, you know, if we're going to go weird, like, let's go, let's just dive headfirst into, into strangedom. Yeah. Let's just stick 53% of the teams yeah. into the postseason. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that with my fantasy baseball yeah. league. I, I don't, it, it don't make no sense, man. Like, and, yeah. but you know what? Like, here's, so here's the, the question that, I guess I've sort of posed in my mind during all of this, like what, what do you, what team really benefits from, from this? Like what teams really uh, sort of benefit from the field being expanded? And I, and I wanted to run a couple of these by you cause I've got some theories on this. Okay. okay. So um, I look at a team like say the diamondbacks. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a team. They're not, they're a good, not great team. There's some high upside players on that team that could do some things, but really, you know, not a great team, but they don't make a lot of mistakes. Yep. They're, they're an elite fielding team. You know what I mean? They, they have a, they're, they're not a team and in a short season, they're not a team that's going to beat themselves a whole lot. So yep. that's a team I, I would, they would go from borderline to probably, a, I would think they're a lock for the postseason. It sure feels like it to me. I would have given them a, probably a quarter of a percent, you know, a quarter of a, you know, twenty five percent shot, right? Right. To make the playoffs at the beginning, uh, I really do. I feel like that team's got. I mean, I mean, anything can happen, right? It's baseball, oh, sure. injuries, yeah. sickness, stuff like that. I mean, it, it feels like it's three times as good, right? Like there's there's a 75, 80% chance this guy's making now. I was already high on him before. So right. yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine too many teams leapfrogging them. I, I just don't think the National League has eight great teams anyway. They, so, they and don't. I, and so like, and you look at teams like, okay, so the Diamondbacks, right? Yes. They, that's a team I think like, you know, that's a team that it's not so much that they'll get hot. It's that they won't go that cold. You know, no. in a season like this, dumb losses are like magnified by a, by a wider margin. So they're just a team that's not going to beat themselves. And if you're a team that's not going to beat yourself, um, you can. You, you, there's no way you shouldn't make the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I also look at teams in tough divisions that that are kind of in that same sort of good, but like clearly flawed, uh, like the Angels and yeah. and the Mets. Like those are two teams that oh, yeah. are in very hard divisions that are clearly flawed teams. Yep. Um, you know, perfect example today, you know, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz, you know, saves the first game against the Braves, a pretty good lineup. And then, uh, you know, the Mets in extra innings cough up, you know, five runs, or excuse me, three runs to uh, lose the game. And so that's a team that could make the postseason, you know, in, yep. in a 16 team. Uh, so there's the teams that are like okay, but in tough divisions and the other teams are the movers and shakers, like the teams that like made tons of moves for 2021, but yeah. like now an expanded field, like, you know, the white Sox. um, yeah. you know, they were a team I was kind of like on the edge about, I mean, you know, I, they were, a, they were a kind of a sexy pick because of all the free agents, mm-hmm. um, and the reds. You know, these two teams that picked up a ton of players that are like, yeah, we could compete this year, but we're really aiming for next year. So I don't know, man. Like, those are just some thoughts. Um, Do you do you see anything that jumps out at you? I mean, I like it for uh, I mean, I'm an AL East guy being a Yankees fan. Right. But I I think it's great for for teams like the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. Right. Uh, I mean, those are teams that I mean, even their fan bases were. You know, not high on them being able to make the one of the final five spots, right? Right. But I mean, the way I see it now, that uh, just the way it's set up, that it's there's possibilities there for them. I think the downside for them is how tough it's going to be to only play AL East and NL East teams all year long, right? I think that's going to be a a downfall for the Red Sox and and the Phillies and, and such like that, right? Just right. like the Blue Jays. So. um yeah, I mean, I think that helps them. I mean, if you had asked me 
a week ago, I'd have probably said the Mariners, but it feels like the Mariners have already eliminated uh, the playoffs already. They just don't. <laughs> the, Kyle the, Lewis can't hit all the home runs and hit them far enough to score enough runs, I guess. I but, think there's like a built-in disappointment factor that even even the Orioles are not eliminated before the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Mariners just look rough. Um, just young, right? They're, they're, they're years down the road. They, ne- they needed this to happen in 2023 to me, but... Um, well, well, yeah. Is there is there a rebuilding team that you think could like really surprise some people? Like with an expanded, could you see one of these rebuilding teams like just like getting hot and just sneaking in? Because I've got one in my head, but I want to hear what you think. I could see the Royals doing it. Yeah, see, that, that's the one I was gonna pick. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, wouldn't it be something if the AL Central, the 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 AL Central produced three playoff teams? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I think the Royals got a possibility. Uh, you know, I'm not sold on. I mean, I, I mean, Minnesota's going to probably win that division in my eyes, right? I don't Cleveland's see how they right can. There. I I don't see the yeah. Indians as legit a contenders as as yeah. I, I think they're everyone. The industry is a little bit high on the Indians, if I, you know, I were to guess, you know. Yeah, I just don't see, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't see too many people getting past the Indians or the Twins out of that, and, yeah. and the Indians probably in second, right? But still, even to me, the Twins are a step down from the Yankees and the Astros when it comes to uh, postseason teams, right? When it comes to division winners, if those are the three that, you know, most are picking, just like I'm picking. Sure. Um, it feels like a pretty far step down, which is a, an advantage to anybody else below them, right? It's like, okay, well... So now you got Minnesota, who's probably going to win the division, but we don't feel like they're the strongest division champ in the AL. And then you got the Indians, who are right. They they're got fine. good pitching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got. I, I think they could put something together. They could win the division. Uh, but then you got yeah, the Tigers are in that division. You do have the upstart White Sox in that division also. Um, but the Royals are fast, right? And I, I love the way that they can produce runs with their legs. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch them. When you look at the teams that got to play out of the NL Central, I mean, I could really, see, you know, I, I could see. And here's the thing too in that in that division, I could see the Indians like completely falling off the map because they they yeah. got good starting pitching. But I mean, what good does that give do you in this shortest season? You know, yeah. like what good does it really do you if yeah, you're if you can't produce any runs? Yeah, it's going to be like the Mets have to deal with, right? I mean, right. DeGrom start, right? Where it's like, okay, the guy gave us a, a hell of a start again. He kept him down to one run or no runs, right? Are we going to win this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- <laughs> you know, it's, a, it, it's tough, right? So, yeah, good pitching gets you a long ways, especially in a long season if you got consistency there. But, yeah, in this short season, like everybody keeps multiplying everything by 2.7 because that's what it's worth in a 162-game season, right? <laughs> so – uh, it, it amplifies, right? Every time you lose, it seems like craziness and it seemed when seemed like it's the opposite end of it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know what we're going to see. All I know is by the time it's all over, I mean, if the Indians win every other game, they're in the playoffs. Right. And that's, and you know, I, I was kind of, I was running it down in my head when I was going through this and I thought, you know, um, I held off from making any predictions this year. Uh, but I, you know, I really like the, this, I really like this format to help teams that we would never normally see, you know, in the playoffs, like we wouldn't consider, I don't know how I really feel about the White Sox as a contender under the normal, uh, circumstances. Now, in your mind, do you think that cheap, because to me, I, I'm, I'm one of those weird, I'm not a baseball purist. Yeah. I don't think it cheapens it all for me. I think it like makes it more fun. Yeah. I I don't I didn't know eh, uh, purist, more yeah. purist, I guess, <laughs> in that manner, right? I don't I didn't see anything wrong with the game before. So well, true. I mean I get why they I get why they're doing what they're doing. I just yeah, it's I just hope it doesn't stick. I, I get it during a sixty game season. I get it. Okay, yeah. like this is weird. Let's just make it super weird. Let's go from like you know slightly off kilter indie movie to like way towards like you know w- you know foreign movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Type of thing. I get yeah. that, but I I just hope it doesn't stick because like I don't see yeah. this going. I, I don't mind cool. an expanded playoffs with 
30 teams. I really don't mind if 12 teams make the postseason mm-hmm. from 10. Right. I don't mind getting rid of a one-card damn playoff for a wild-card game. I never really liked it. I like three-game series. Baseball is a set of three-game series all dang year, basically. It's right. more like baseball to me instead of this, oh, hey, we got one good starting pitcher. Great, we're going to go win that wild-card game. We're going to move on to the divisional round and stink because we don't have anything else. But we got that one good pitcher that locked it down for us, right? Right. And so yeah. I, don't really, I never really liked the setup where it's at now. I wouldn't mind seeing it expand to six on each side, but um, I mean, eight for this short season. Sure. Right. I mean, I guess whatever. I mean, it's nothing we can do about now. I mean, but could we see a sub 500 world series champ? Right. I mean, is that what you want? Is that a Cinderella story or is that a, is that a failure for the league? I mean, to me, I see it as a failure. If a team goes 14 or what goes uh 29 and 31, right. Right. Makes it, it makes the postseason and then runs the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they probably had a winning record the postseason, I guess. Right. I mean, so I guess the, at the end of the year they had a winning record, but is that really, I don't know if that's exciting. I mean, it's probably exciting for some, I mean, especially if it's not one of the big guys, right. I mean, the only thing, nothing would, piss people off more as if it was like the Dodgers that went 28 and 32 snuck into the postseason right and ran with it right oh great you, you let them be the eight seed and then they win it all yeah right so it, mean, it's, it's probably not likely but it's 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 kind of like it feels like the league is going all in it kind of feels like MLB is just saying if no one's going to take this seriously because you know that all we're going to do throughout the years because nobody did this in 95 because they still got, we still got about 120 game season, you know, nobody did this in 82 because you know, the strike was in the, yeah, Yeah, the the strike was in the middle of the year. So, you know, they split it up and and that was weird, but everybody moved on from it. Um, You know, it's, I think overall, I, I, I wonder if the league is just trying to sort of take this into such absurd territory that, It'll rather than look back on it as a failure, people will look back on it and say, oh, look how wild and weird this was. Like they're almost trying to take a sort of satirical almost approach to it. Yeah, it's like a it's it's like a two for one special form, right? There's the there's what you're talking about, which in my eyes is like them just like let's just try it and see if people like it or not, right? right. And then they just go and tell everybody that works for MLB that hey, when you're on the radio, when you're on TV, or when you're doing whatever you do on the internet, right? Pitch it, you know, push us. Hey, we're giving it a shot. See what things happen with this runner on second, you know, extra innings thing, right? And throwing all that out there. When, meanwhile, the whole time, really, the only thing it's ever really been about is money for owners. I mean, that's really right. all it's been, right? I mean, we didn't get an 81-game season because they had to keep negotiating with the Players Association and send them back another deal It was worth the same value as the one before. Then we didn't get a 78-game season for the same reason. We didn't get a 72-game season. Next thing you know, they're just like, okay tell us when and where, and we ended up with a 60-game season. So we couldn't get this long enough season, right? We lost I mean, if every team lost 20 games, right, that's 15 times playing each other, 300 games we just lost in regular season. But in the end, okay, whatever. We just we, – we got to be safe, right? COVID, we're only going to be able to do whatever we can do. Right. Maybe we could expand the playoffs. Wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't expand the regular season because of issues, right? Right. And now all of a sudden we get to expand the postseason. Well, yeah, the reason why they're doing that is because of dollars, right? Yeah, it has money. to be. It, it engages uh, – it takes – fan. it engages more fan bases. It draws more yeah. eyeballs to – to the sport when, you know, football, well, if you think about it, football will just be trying to start up and who knows if that's going to happen at this point. It's, it's very opportunistic. I don't know that, I I don't know that I hate it though on the, on the surface level. I don't love it. And, and if this were the case going forward, I would think like, I'd be like, no way. It it would water down 162 game season. Oh yeah. Basically make, I mean, it would turn it into what the NBA already is, where it's right. like the great teams the last quarter of the season are just benching their players every other game because there's no reason to play them. 
Yeah. That's not what you want. That's no. not, that's not good. Now you just might as well cut the season down to a hundred games. If you're going to do this, you know, if you want to really just tear it apart, tear it apart, I guess. Right. Right. I just, I hope they're doing, I, I, I guess it's just like, yeah, I mean, I get the idea of going all in on the weirdness of it, but yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think it, I'm okay with it. Like if it's this season, but like, yep. I, I, I don't, because why the hell not? But I, I also, I, I mean, they threw it they throw it together a, a TV show at the end of our 60 game regular yeah. season so that the top three teams that get in on the NL side and the AL side get to pick their opponent at the beginning, right? They won't even see them for them. They're like, nope, we're going to put together a whole show. We're going to have another hour long show of, of, okay, whoever took the first seed in the AL gets the first, first pick of who they want to play against. Right. And it's just, and then whoever's left at the end play each other, right? It's just uh, I, it, it feels very it, it feels it's very drama. Yeah, it feels very like you know uh, game showy, reality showish, yeah. and, and and I don't know. It, it's hard because it almost puts us in this position of like we don't are we turning into the get off my lawn guys? Are we turning into yeah, the play yeah. the game the right way, guys? I'm 34. I'm not old enough to like embrace that yet. <laughs> I want to celebrate the crazy about the game, but I don't want to celebrate the manufactured crazy about the game. Okay. I want to that's, sell. That's I want fair. The, I want the silly stuff where, you know, it's just, a guy got caught in a rundown and then somehow snakes out of it because, you know, the defense plays poor like it was right. today or that silly stuff. Give me that. I'll just take an hour of bloopers. But, <laughs> but instead you know. we get the bachelor. <laughs> Instead, we get yeah, we get reality drama show that's been totally manufactured. And can, can you imagine yeah, I mean, uh, that, like the Cincinnati Reds? Will you accept this rose? Yeah, right. <laughs> Your exactly. opponent is. And yeah. It's like it, the case opens up, and it's a Reds logo, or it's like yep. a Brewers logo, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so I think we. I don't know if we agree on this, but to the fullest extent. But like we can, we at least agree if it's gonna happen, we should do it this year, and no more. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, if something works and and it does the game good, then okay, let's talk about it. Let's get let's let's go at it, right? I mean, I notice right now that even people are starting to fall in love with a runner on second base to start the extra innings. <laughs> <sighs> the Royals won today and and, the and they didn't get batter, a hit. They didn't they didn't record a hit. The first batter <laughs> sacrificed bunt, that's an out. Next batter sack fly, there's an out and a run scored. Next guy walks after like a 12 pitch at bat or something like that and then gets thrown out at second stealing on the second pitch of the next at bat, right? I mean the first three guys all made outs. The Royals went into the bottom of the 10th with a lead. It's the extra innings. How did you do that? Oh, this, right? So Cleveland actually probably had a better half inning than, than the Royals did, but the Royals walked away with a victory. I mean, yeah, for every chance where we get the walk-off grand slam like we got on uh, for Oakland's first game against the Angels, right? right, I, mean, right. That's, I mean, that's pretty damn neat, right? It's uh, That's awesome. But for every one of those – we're going to get a Royals game to go the other direction. Right. And right. you can say that about extra in games when they were played from last year forward. Right. I mean, it's the same thing. You can, sometimes you get a dud, sometimes you get a good one. Right. It's yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think we're, you for every 18 inning, meaningless, 18 inning, meaningless, you know, a regular season game, we're going to end up with, you know, with a drama filled, 10 inning game and it's the other end of this too with this new rule like you said you're going to get these garbage innings from the royals that win the game and then you're also going to get you know the other end of the coin too like you could even say like the mets braves game today where both teams scored in the extra innings uh, you know what I mean? That wouldn't have happened otherwise. Like, uh, you know, the way those teams were pitching, uh, they yep. would have gone well into the, uh, you know, the, the 15th, 16th inning in, yep. uh, uh, during a se- you know, such a tight season. So yep. I, I don't know, man, I'm not ready to, now that I've seen it in action, I don't, I'd say I dislike it. I wouldn't say that few. I hate it. Yeah. There's only been a few, right? I mean, I yeah. stayed up and watched the Oakland one yesterday, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh caught the end of that one and um that 
that tenth inning between the two teams, but getting there, both getting their shots right, was like a thirty-five minute or nearly a forty-minute inning or something like that, if I remember correctly. Right? Yeah. It wasn't short. So, True. did yeah. they get the action that they were looking for? Yeah. Could they have gotten that action without sticking a runner on second? Probably in that game. Yeah. Right. They right. could have still gotten there. They didn't need the runner on second to make that type of action. We're um, we're gonna have to like have a mid season check in on how we're still feeling about all of this. Yeah, it's, it's, I think we got to revisit it because I mean I'm not gonna give up watching baseball. I'm gonna no. have to accept that. I I mean. They're going to start this extra innings with a runner on second. I haven't turned the TV off yet when it happened. So I guess ratings are going up because I'm still watching. You know, it's, it's such a wild concept, all of this, and I'll be really interested to see how it plays out for the rest of the season. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about, uh, about the Mookie bets uh, deal. So we'll be right. Yeah, We're going to move up to happy stuff. Woo. And welcome back. And um, now, you know, we're moving on to kind of our bigger our uh, bigger picture story here. Uh, the Mookie Betts deal. And to sum it up for the listeners, uh, Mookie Betts, if you don't already know, I'm sure you do. But if not, let's just put a bow on it. Um, total contract, 13 um, years, $392 million total money um, to, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, you know, it is a $365 million of new money over the life of the deal, which is $5 million more than Mike Trout's recent deal and a pretty massive $65 million signing bonus. That's like Mm. NFL signing bonus money. Mm. Um, and to put it in perspective and and Jim, we were talking about it before we went on the air, uh, to put it in perspective, you know, Mookie Betts, 41.8 career war, it's 13th among active players. Um, it's uh, more than Manny Machado, Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper, you know, uh, people of comparable stature in somewhat comparable, if not exact, age ranges. Um, and, uh, you know, how do you feel, like, just your gut? I, we, uh, we already know where we're headed with this conversation, but, like, like what was your reaction when you saw the, the, the deal at first? I mean, at first, oh, man, it's a, I mean, it's a guy getting what he, you know, he deserves. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I thought the, I mean, I, I always think for the player that the money's too low, knowing what the owners are cashing in at. But, uh, I mean, you know, I, I was happy. It, it, it makes, it makes sense. I'd want to lock up a guy like Mookie Betts, uh, what, right. 27 years old for till he's 39 or 40 years old. Yep. Dang, good grief, man. <laughs> Give give me that right he's a he's a good face for the club hustles great d i mean there's nothing not to like about him right i mean i like him better now that he's not in boston but right yeah that's only because he left boston but uh yeah man i was jacked about it but yeah then then i talked to you and then i get a little more sad about it (laughs) yeah so i have taken a much more pessimistic view of the of the mookie bet signing and, um, and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to ask the listeners to follow along with me a little bit here because the, I believe that the Mookie Betts deal is, uh, the death knell of free agency in, in, in of this coming season. Uh, of course the off season leading to the, uh, CBA negotiations. And the, the reason that I feel this way is that taking Mookie Betts off the market uh, and not allowing him to drive up market pricing on on subsequent players. Uh, specifically, I'm looking at guys like George Springer, uh, Ryan Braun, Marcelo Zuna, Nick Castellanos, if he decides to opt out of his deal, and even non out non position player outfielders like uh, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, James Paxton. Um, th- there's not a headliner in that group. You know, even the even the tough off seasons of, you know, 2018, we had Harper and Machado. You know what I mean? We we've had there's always a headliner somewhere in there. This past season, we had Garrett Cole. 
Yep. You know, um, it, it's it's and it marks a disturbing. It's sort of the crest of a disturbing trend with high end players. You know, and and you look at uh, you know him for example. The examples that I used earlier uh, when we were talking was uh, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies. When you talk about guys like Mike Trout. Um, signing Nolan Arenado, uh, signing extensions within their team to avoid the uncertainty of free agency, which I get. By the way, this is this is not me poo-pooing a, anyone, especially in the position of the players, to to get what's theirs, get what's deserved to them. Okay. But um, you know, it, it brings up a disturbing trend. Uh, you know, you, you look at the top five WAR players under the age of 30 right now mike trout of course uh he's signed until 2030 he'll be 38 years old uh, mookie betts deal he's number two uh puts him signed through his age 39 season in 2032 nolan arenado is signed through 2026 uh manny machado is signed through 2028 the Ma- arenado deal by the way that's if he doesn't opt out um which Jim, you you and I briefly discussed. We don't see him opting out of that. Well, yeah, what he's got to give up like one hundred and sixty-five million dollars, I mean, right? Ah, yes. Yeah, just by what we're describing here, I don't think that's ever going to happen. He's definitely right. not passing up on that. So Bryce Harper, twenty thirty-one, he signed through his age thirty-eight season. So it's there's implications to this deal in in the negative, I think, that far outweigh the positive because the positives are very centric to Mookie Betts and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yep. For the league at large, for the players at large, it, it, I am of the belief that not only does it kill free agency in a super pivotal time, if for the league and its players in particular, it, but it also sets the owners... What it does, in, in, in my opinion, is that it sets the owners up for this decade pretty well. Because now you're entering uh, CBA negotiations, uh, basically having, uh, you know, sub- basically trying to suppress salaries, trying to find any way to cut costs. And now you're setting the market on player salaries way early on. You know, and, and that's not to say that Mike Trout or Mookie Betts wouldn't have gotten this sort of money. I don't know if they would have gotten any more on the open market. But they're not the direct beneficiaries of this. Guys like George Springer, Brian Braun, Marcelo Zuna, these are the guys who benefit from guys like Mookie Betts going to free agency because they control the market. The owners are setting themselves up very well here by fixing, by not having, you know, the, the best players under 30 between the ages of 20 and 30 right now in terms of career wins above replacement are all basically locked up for a decade. And so we're not going to see an elite player at the peak of their career, you know, uh, in free agency in the 2020s more or less, you know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to be till 2026 at the earliest. Cause I, like I said, I don't think Arenado's is going to opt out. It, whatever, whatever player and Luis Robert signed a, signed a big deal. You know, he hadn't even played, you know, this is rookie year. We're, uh, it is my impression that the Mookie Betts deal sets a precedent where the owners, it's going to put the owners in a position to continually suppress salaries for mid to high level players, uh, during critical times in their career. So that was that was my initial thoughts on it. Yeah, uh, controlling that, right? Controlling that number, right? Because we don't get to see what they make. We don't get to know what the owners are making, right? right? So if they can control that and, and, and put it into the, a place where they're still pulling profit, which we all know that's what they're doing. So, I mean, if they're paying Mookie Betts what they're paying them, it isn't because they're going broke. So, um yeah, it's it it is. It's not letting free agent free agency dictate anything. Um, and really, I mean, even Christian Yelich, right? He's right. next on that list of war, right? Basically tied with Harper. He's tied up till twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine. He becomes a free agent. Um, the next person on that list is Lindor. 
Right. Right. So for players under 30 ranked by war, Lindor is, is seventh on that list. He's got one year of arbitration left and then he can become a free agent. Right. So there's one more year of either Cleveland dealing him to somebody that might just give him an extension in the manner like Mookie got. Right. Or uh, give him an extension themselves. Right. That's probably why they weren't so concerned about this year. Maybe try out it next year. Right. Next on that list of war is Lindor's teammate, Jose Ramirez. Um, and next down on that list is Carlos Correa. Right. And so. the, and these are so I wonder, and this is what concerns me. Like as somebody who who is really like I guess I would I would call myself a sort of sideline advocate for players. You know, I, I stand by the notion that I don't buy tickets to go watch. You know, to Truist Park to go watch. You know, Liberty Media play mm-hmm. play. You know, I go to watch. You know, Dancy Swanson and Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and Freddie Freeman. I go to watch them, um, yep. and. Wherever you are in the country, just copy and paste. If you're in Philadelphia, you're going to see Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. You know, you're you're not going to see uh, the ownership. You know, you're not going to you know um, it, wherever you are uh, to see someone that doesn't contribute on the field. And yeah. you know what? Also, it does too. Is like so. The byproduct of all of this is yes, the owners are controlling the salaries. They're they're controlling the market. And I don't, if I was, if I was in the players union right now, I would be pissed at Mookie Betts. Be honest with you. Like, I get it. Like, you know, get paid, get paid, homie. You know what I mean? Get paid because you are, he's arguably one of the two or three best players, pitcher, position player, outfielder, whatever qualifier you want to use. He's one of the best players in the game. He's a good face for the game. I get all of that. But I'm pissed because now there is no one that's driving the free agent, no one that's giving the owners incentives to spend on the free yep. agent market and leading into a negotiation where the players are going to try to say, well, you know, uh, we're, we're worth more than you're paying us. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Who who's who's worth more? Because you're not you, we're not setting a the players are not the, the the premium talent is already locked up. Yeah, I mean, even the best pitcher in WAR for under right. thirty is locked up. Garrett Cole, right. right? Then you know who's next on that list for pitchers? Oof. Yeah, good old friend of yours, right? Started many opening days for the Braves in the last. I was decade. Julio Tehran is second on the under the age of 30 list for war right so i mean they took garrett cole off right i mean it's done the that list is now basically flaherty you're you're looking at people that got small samples we're betting on upside at that point yeah i gotta take my sorokas and my flaherty's and hope that they don't end up in tommy john land right so I mean, so if your best pitcher is under 30, one is locked up and everybody else is fighting to be number two. Right. Um, and they're a ways, ways back, right? And, and yeah, even like those other guys I mentioned that were next in line for uh, position players, Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Correa, all 2022 free agents, right? They still got to get through next year to get there. Well, that puts us where we're at the CBA. Right. And and what does the new CBA look like? They, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I on one hand, like, you know, like I said, I, I definitely advocate for the players in all of this because, like you said, we can't see the books. We know that the franchise values are increasing uh, at a pretty predictable rate. Yep. But at the same time, it's just like, man, if I'm in the players' union, I'm just looking at Mookie Betts like, come on, man. Like, you know, yeah. and, the, and, the, and and this is where I wonder, you know, I, I got the, the pleasure of talking with John Pessa, uh, who wrote a book called The Game, which was a great sort of expose on the 94 strike and and Donald Fear and all that. I have to think that a more active or a more lawyerly minded uh, head of players union than Tony Clark would would be in Mookie Betts's ear, would see that coming. And just say, I, you know, and just say like, Hey man, wait to free. You're going to get paid. You're going to get paid. Just wait to free agency. 
And if the Dodgers sign you, cool, man, whatever. Then we then we're having the debate of like you know rich teams versus poor teams. Fine, okay. Yep. But now we're having the debate of like that. The debate's gotten bigger now. The conversation's gotten bigger, and now it's it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. There's nothing on the free agent market. There's nothing worth yep. bidding on, and so it doesn't matter if you have the money. You don't have to pay it. I mean, maybe this is a. I mean, a thing to also think about too is, I mean, if Mookie did not do what he did, and he did what you're hoping that he would do, go to free agency next year and play it. Who's he competing with? Right. I mean, there's only like three or four teams that could that could sign him. I I like. Well, I think that lowers. I mean, I think that lowers how much money they're going to offer him anyway, right? Because I mean, it's not like he's out there with, you know, another Bryce Harper or Nolan Arenado or whatever running around trying to get another contract too. It's not like there's a, I mean, yeah, could there be a bidding war amongst the higher teams? Yeah. But those higher teams, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they wouldn't go into the collusion area and, and, and work to, to drive that number down. Right. I mean, he's the only one available. It, uh, the whole load would be on his shoulders. I don't know. I just, well, I mean, I, I, I get always got a trick up their sleeve. I, I get where you're coming from there, but, but I, but I may, I, I would tell you that the thing is with, with, with the argument that, you know, um, it, it's not, he's going to get paid anyway. The beneficiaries are not Mookie Betts. This is bigger yeah. than just Mookie Betts because there's a ce- there's a ceiling and a floor, right? Mookie yeah. Betts' floor is one of the top paid, paid players in baseball. There's no way that he's not. So yeah. after a certain point, you have to look at the greater good here and think like, okay, George Springer, like what's going to happen to him now? Because it's one thing if you're bidding on Mookie Betts, you lose out. Then you got to go down the mark. You know, well, wait, you're willing to, you know what I mean? Like you're willing to offer, then the bidding war moves on, you know, because now you've told your fan base, hey, I'm going out and get, we're going out and get an outfielder. If you're a team that's turning the corner, you know, from, from rebuilding to competitive, if you're the, I don't know, if you're the Royals, we, I don't know, we, we, we seem to have a fascination with the Royals on this show. If yep. you're the Royals and you want to put somebody out there with uh, Jorge Soler, you know, and you're bidding on George Springer, uh, or you're bidding on uh, Betts, and then you lose out, and then you go to Springer, you know, that price tag has already gone up because the, you know, yep. the demand is there. Now, if you're looking at owners are probably just looking across the table at each other and saying, well, there's, I mean, George Springer is the best one, I guess. You know what I mean? We're not going to pay, you know, Bryce Harper money for George Springer. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you miss George Springer, you just pick up Marcakis or whatever, right? And it's, right. You know, you're still not spending that much money. You know, so. Or Ozuna. Yeah. Or Ozuna signs another pillow contract. Ozuna becomes yep. the next. Mike Moustakis and has to just keep signing one-year deals until he yeah. finds a home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know that, it, like, I, I just ultimately, my sense is, is that Mookie Betts signing a, an extension before free agency is not good for the, it's not a good position for the players to be in. More from a broader standpoint, from a more specific, you know, narrow it down a little bit. It's really not good for anyone going into free agency next year. Because there's not a pitcher to speak of that uh, under 30 and that it has any sort of notoriety. You just fired off. I mean, Julio Tehran. Yeah. I am a huge Julio Tehran fan. I am an advocate of that of that young man. And I say young man because he's younger than me. Yeah. Um, but I've seen Julio Tehran pitch more than anyone in my life in person. Okay. Uh, I am a consistent. Yeah. And you know what? Like he's a terribly, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm not going to do this right now. But (laughs) the thing is, is that if that is your next best option (laughs) under 30, which is like, you know, read any analytics book out there right now. Okay. Any analytics book written in the last three, four years. And it will all tell you if you're over 30, you better have gotten your deal. Because yep. if you didn't, you're not going to get it. And yep. so we've got nothing in the pitching market. Mookie Betts just, you know, sucked the the top pick under, you know, the top guy under 30 right now by a pretty wide margin. I oh. think what's, what's Lindor's war at right now? Oh, Lindor is sitting at, uh, where 
I just had it. Twenty-seven point six, according to Baseball Reference. So right? he, he's six got years a, into his career. He's only twenty-six years old, at least. So he's got a solid what seventeen? Is it, what, what did you say? Twenty-six. So he's got another he's fifteen 26. wins. He's got another fifteen wins to catch up to bets now. Yep. So yep. we're talking he's, about a a, thir- a, 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 a a huge drop off there between these two players. I just and not a huge drop off in age. No, no, so, not really, right? A couple years, right? That's yeah, fifteen more over a span of two full decent seasons is a, is a lot to make up on the guy that's above you. Those are a couple but, of MVP type seasons. Yeah, so, those are some gems. So, so that's <laughs> what I'm saying is that you just took an an outlier, okay, and yeah. you took it off the market. You you took not just the premium talent, but you took pretty much the only premium option off the market, and now you are basically just serving on a silver platter to the owners. Yep. A free yeah. agent market that was already going to be tough with everything coming up, yep. and now you just made it borderline impossible for any player to get anything worth it. Yeah. Is there uh, is there a player that that is under the age of 30 that doesn't already have a long-term deal that you drop 10 years and $250 million on. No, right? not even close to 360, maybe 10 years and 300 at the most for Francisco Lindor. Right. I mean, he's at least young enough to give you a lot primo position. I mean, it's fantastic. Well, but, like I mean, Lindor, when I look at the rest. Yeah. Lindor. I, I, the, I would absolutely do that with Lindor, but when, but once you drop that, the, the problem is that there's maybe two or three players. There's, there's maybe would, two or three. Like if I really thought about it, everyone else you're gambling on upside, you know, yeah. Wander Franco is a sure thing, but you know what? So was, you know, so was just, so was, so was Ackley, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yep. it, it's, it's just, so is Zunino. You know what I mean? Ask the Mariners about sure things. Yep. You know, it, it's just, I he's don't. Montero. Yeah. He's, can't, can't go wrong. I just don't, I, I don't buy the premise that, you know, uh, you know, players should jump on, players should jump on the contracts. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. As soon as they come to them. Baseball is, Baseball is the most player strong sport, American major sport. There's no salary cap. Their contracts are guaranteed. I think at some point, someone's going to have to think of the greater good here. You know what I mean? Because after what Machado and Harper went through, I see Betts probably looking at that and thinking, I'm basically the same caliber player. I don't want to have to be waiting till February to sign. Um, and you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I don't want to go through that, Yep. but you know what we didn't have when Machado and Harper signed, we didn't have a friggin', you know, shortened season and a very, very contentious CBA negotiation coming up. Yeah. If the, if they can pull off the CBA, whatever, it's a moot point, I guess. Yeah. But do you really think that's going to happen? It's going to be a battle. It's going to it's going to hurt if, even if they do pull it off. So, yeah, I mean, I wish they'd figure it out during the next off season and, and be a little bit proactive about it. But eh, it's hard to stay positive about it. They just seem so far apart already. Right. So, and here we are, two games in the season. We're already worried about. It. <laughs> <laughs> We're already worried about twenty twenty two. Yeah. Right. So. I just yeah. don't, I just don't see and I just don't see how. This is good for the league. I don't see how this is good for the players. I don't see yeah. how this is good for the for the players. And I see how it's really good for you know one thing. I you know I work in in business that's based on profit and loss and cost certainty is something that business owners like would murder for have murdered for I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so the owners are buying cost certainty here. They're they're just they're just forking out a ton of money right now and. It seems like the players are getting a good deal, but are are we as fans like I wonder if we as fans are kind of having the wool pulled over our eyes just a little bit with with these deals and even maybe the players to some extent. They're they're seeing these big mega contracts, but it, like I said, if I'm George Springer or if I'm Ryan Braun, probably more Braun, a player like Braun or a player like uh, Ozuna, Braun being very injury prone. 
uh, Azuna having very inconsistent returns from season to season. Um, I'm looking at that thinking, you know, what do I do now? You know, my yeah. best hope to get a good deal was to be a, a, a consolation prize for the team that lost out on bets. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. Now look at you. Now it's going to be more of, okay, well, if we're going into 2021 and, and maybe just take a chance on younger players, right? Just build out your system. Let a guy like Braun just go. Right. right? I mean. And I don't buy the argument. They're like, oh, yeah, well, now they'll get more money because there's no one else. I mean, it's been, it, that's the part that drives me crazy because it's completely clear, like you just said, owners are way more willing, and front offices now are way more willing to take a chance on a borderline outfield prospect or trade away a dead contract or trade away a, a, an older player to get a quad a outfielder and just you know what i mean and just like hope it works out and fingers crossed make this happen right yeah right. exactly i think that's why you get those opposite ends right like signing somebody like Luis robert to a deal mm-hmm. and signing mookie Betts to a deal and leaving everybody else in the middle to, to i guess feast on what's left over right is that they're 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 deals that are made on profit margin right it's like so why would you offer this guy this much money at this point in his career? And it's like, okay, I want to get a young kid. I'm going to lock him down for the next seven or eight years at eight or $9 million a piece. Well, yeah, that's a lot of money for a guy, you know, from his age 20 to 24 season to be making eight, $9 million a year because most of them don't get there. Right. Aaron Judge is, you know, finally making, I think a million a year now or something like that, according to his, um, his, his structure, right. Whatever the league structure is. Um, yeah, yeah, that's great, right? As compared to what everybody else at that age is doing, but at the same time, you might be locking up a guy that's worth, you know, six more every year, and paying him, you know, pennies on the dollar for what you probably should be paying, right. right? And so it's all about selling, selling jerseys and selling rights and everything else for these teams to make more money. So every time somebody's sitting here making a deal for a Luis Robert or a Mookie Betts or a Mike Trout. It, it, the thing that would help us decide how much of an investment it is is if we actually knew what the owners were actually putting out there. But we don't. They will not open those books. We do not know what portion of their revenue they're they're willing to break with. We just know that the portion of the revenue that they're willing to break with is not enough to put them in the negative. It never is. Right. We know, and- we know that. They don't have to show us the books. They're going to turn a profit every year. They are. And, and, and it kind of makes you wonder like, okay, is this, is this the arms? Is this, uh, the other thing that this does is, does this create a sort of arms race in a way where, you know, okay, the Dodgers, cause you notice nobody, none of these teams have signed two of these mega contracts. Yeah. They're, they're signing one. So Garrett Cole went to the Yankees. Mike Trout is the angels. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers. Rendon. I mean, Rend- one, Rendon, but... that's true. You could argue that the Angels, you know, put two out for Rendon. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Strasburg, you know what I mean, with the Nationals, got the same yeah. deal. Um, so most of these teams are only spending on one player. Mm-hmm. So does is this how major league rosters are going to be structured now? Like you get like one guy and extend them, extend them for, you know, you know, hundreds of millions and then just like try to build a team with your, with your farm system. Yeah. I get the feeling we're going to see a lot of these stars, Mm -hmm. a lot of these big time players wasting away, not themselves, but they're going to be wasting away on bad rosters. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a, yeah. I'm afraid that's probably pretty accurate. Right. Because I mean, even if you pay the guy big bucks or whatever, and it doesn't pan out for said team, whatever team it is, and whatever guy they're paying the big bucks to, do they go back and pay more more bucks? Nah. No. Nah. Nah, they were turning a profit, even paying the one guy big enough bucks. They didn't make the playoffs. It wasn't about the playoffs for the owners. It never is. It's not about the glory of baseball. Owners don't like baseball. Owners like money. So it, whatever is profitable to them, right? And yeah, it's it's so. Yeah, I think we could see a lot of that. I could see a lot of teams that are just wasting away talent that they paid a bunch of money so they could sell the jerseys and 
put out the ads and everything else for just so that they can keep turning their profits and instead of building teams that that could win it all. Right. And and part, and I think, I think in order to, someone's going to have to break that cycle, you know, and, and I was, and I, you know, bet seemed like a guy that could, that could do that, you know, by going to free agency, you are advocating for your side. You are saying this is the open market. You have to pay me, what I deem to be worthy. Like you are setting the terms when these players continually take these, these inter deals just to avoid the hassle of off season and maybe the potential of being underpaid. I don't know, man. I, it does. This deal did not sit well with me. I will be one of the few that I don't decry it as an under or overvalue. I think it's a cultural disservice to the, to the players uh, for him to for him to not go to free agency because he's the only one he's the only you know player of his caliber at his age that we we could see we're taking a big gamble that Ronald Acuna is going to pan out to be a Betts type player or that yeah. Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez are going yeah. to be that caliber of outfielder because if not we were we've we just missed a day. there there's our there's a we're not even one season into the 2020s and we just saw we, we've already maxed out yeah and that yeah. and that sucks in my yeah opinion. it totally it totally stinks and if i'm mookie bets and that same offer is on the table i take it 10 out of 10 times Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, I, I'm I, not I, dumb, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish he didn't, but yeah, at the same time, man, good grief, man. Go. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's frustrating. So, so who's, so. who's the next one? Who do you, who's the next one you think that signs a deal like this? It's gotta be Lindor. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's switch hitter, uh, great face for a franchise. I mean, that's, that's money to owners ears. Right. So, I think he gets a good. I think he gets a good deal. I think he's somewhere like a ten to ten year, three hundred million type of dollar guy, right? Maybe even more than that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he ends up in Cincinnati or something and make some money there. I don't know. I, I don't. But I just really don't. I mean, I don't know what anybody else down the line that really screams for it. I mean, Jose Ramirez is going to get some good dollars when he gets out, but I don't think it's going to be that type. Um, I'm going to throw one out there to you. Tatis. Right. I mean, yeah. Kenny though. I mean, is it, is it too early to be sitting there? I mean, they, I go back to, they gave Robert the deal. Uh, Kingery. They gave Scott Kingery a -hmm. deal day one. I, I think that teams are going to look at this and they're going to do anything they can. Like they saw what happened with Acuna and Albies in Atlanta, which was, I I will not advocate for those deals. That was a criminal underpay by by the Braves, and I am I'm not going to defend those contracts. As, more so Albies than Acuna. Acuna, there's still like some risk involved. Where I I get where you're coming from with that, but not the Albies deal was was just bad uh, bad optics, uh, bad yep. taste in my mouth with that deal. Um, but yeah, I just I'd pay that for one soda though. Yeah, I see, been, I know he's only been around for a little bit, but yeah, see, am, I mean, I might even drop bets money on Juan Soto. Well, I mean, do, it, but doesn't that play into it? Like, isn't that kind of what we're talking about? Like, yeah, I mean, Juan Soto, you know, he could go through arbitration and all of that. But if this becomes the precedent, if it becomes the precedent to just not go to free agency anymore mm-hmm. and sign these deals, uh, these extensions, then yeah. I mean. Uh, the 2020s are mapped out for us already. You know what I mean? Like free agency is supposed to be the great equalizer. It's supposed to be the, the time where the, you know, where teams, you know, that come out of nowhere to, to, you know, sign in every decade has the, those seasons, those off seasons where, you know, a a team just signs someone that was like, who? Yeah. What the, Yeah. yeah. And I, and if we're not going to, if we're not going to get that, if that's not the, you know, team's ways of staying competitive, then I don't know, man, I get the feeling yeah. it's, it's going to be a, a fairly redundant decade if that's the case. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I guess only time will tell what comes up. I mean, hopefully some of these young stars that have only been around for a couple of years now 
get there. But I mean, just the way it's set up, I mean, even somebody like Juan Soto isn't a free agent until 2025. Right. Right. I mean, so that they really wanted to and push it all the way to 2024 before they try to get that extension with them. Wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. That's the way that plays out. So even the best that are coming up. Uh, if I'm an yeah. MLBPA, I'm I'm send. If I'm Tony Clark, I am sending someone to go talk to Francisco Lindor as soon as possible to just yeah. like remind him. Like, look, you have to go to free agency. You have to if you get traded, whatever. You can't do anything about it. But like, you have to go to free agency. Please, because yeah. if you don't, if I mean, if you don't, then who will? And if I'm Tony Clark, I am finding someone to go put a bug in that dude's ear right now. Mm -hmm. Because if, I mean, could we really, could we really go till Arenado? Like the next, think about it. If Arenado doesn't opt out of this deal, 2026 could be the next time that we see any of these guys we just talked about who are all under the age of 30. Yeah, winter of 2026. It's got to get yeah. through that season. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, we could be well into the mid-2020s before we see another super premium free agent hit the market. And yeah. and I don't see how that's good for baseball. Yeah, the, the Players Association has to be focused. Their focus has to be on the freaking amount of service time it takes to get to free agency. Yeah. It's, it's stupid where they're at, right? I mean, right. Mike, Mike, Mike Yastrzemski is a year older than Mike Trout. He doesn't hit the free agency market until well, it's like 2025 or something like that. Right. right? So, I mean, it, this is a guy that was drafted, you know, three times up the college turned down to make the first two times and got to the third one and found signed. But that's amazing that they can have control on a guy for that damn long. And, and that, that hurts too. Right. Because right. now those guys aren't, even if those, even if those lower end guys were just, four or five million dollar a year guys right that well, bumps now they're two million up. now they're two million dollar a year guys because they don't need yeah. to pay four or five million dollars yeah year. just send them to arbitration they'll never come back with that high of a price tag right and that's and that's and that's what it boils. we haven't even gotten to pitchers we haven't talked about pitchers the inmost injury prone volatile i mean relievers who gives a shit i'm sorry but who gives they're a all shit? relievers yeah now. It, yeah Wait. right i it, mean the royals are in the the royals are going to play the third game of the season tomorrow it's a bullpen game yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I just don't see if if Tony Clark Tony Clark has got to get the house in order if he wants to really come through on this CBA and like you know the game will be improved by those who care about it and the players care and the owners don't and yep. if if I'm Tony Clark I am I am sending everyone and everyone out to talk to Francisco Lindor. And I'm sending someone out to Nolan Arenado just be like, yo, homie, you you want to like like hop the fuck out of this. Like get the <laughs> get the fuck out of Colorado. Like and if you end up back in Colorado, fine. But like, yeah. dude, we gotta do something here. So Yeah. I so bet. we'll see, man. There's there's a lot of implications here, but I find this to be a good, you know, applause for Mookie. You know, good deal for Mookie. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a good deal for baseball. No, no. I think the players, yeah, the players' association, the players themselves are, yeah, they 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 took the hit on that. Yeah. So I agree. So anyway, so, uh, that's our that's our. I think that's uh, putting a bow on our show for tonight. Um, uh, well, I wanted to say one thing though before yes. we get out of here. Yes. Now, now that my Yankees have lost tonight, I see that there is now a 13-way tie for the second best record in the American League. The, uh, is this not like you know Rob Manfred saying like they wanted parity? Isn't this what you wanted? Isn't this what you wanted? <laughs> well, we wanted the Mariners to beat the Astros one game, and then everybody in the American League would have a one-and-one one record. See? But the Mariners couldn't pull that off for us. But, Yet yeah, again. I mean, everything else fell in line, right? The Royals had to win an extra inning game on the road. Despite the means of which it any, happened. <laughs> without getting a hit. <laughs> and they did, right? Uh, the Tigers... The Tigers were tied with the Reds going into the ninth at a two-run homer in the top of the ninth on the road. Didn't know they were capable of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to get their first victory of the year. And then, uh, yeah, Paxson had to go out and lose to Fetty or whatever for the the Nationals tonight. And Paxson 
got lit up. He didn't even record an out in the second inning. Gone. The Yankees lost. All that had to happen tonight to make all those teams one and one and laid the Astros on top of the American League and the Mariners at the bottom of the American League and everybody else in the middle. I thought that was interesting. What a great a great tweet that I read. It's like, who'd have thunk it's late July and the Orioles are playing 500 ball. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right in the thick of it, right? Right. So, yeah. So, yep, totally. So, but, so, yeah, I thought that was fun to, fun to see today. So I wanted to – I just wanted to chime in on that. I know it's only two games, right? But I just but, think it's crazy that, you know, 13 out of 15 teams in the American Lakers one and one. I hope to be able to say the same thing in a couple of days when they're all two and two. Exactly. And you know what, when we do this next week, we'll have to keep a track on how many, what, what the tie is like how, how the tie dwindles down throughout the season. So, yeah, yeah. But, I'm sure that'll probably dwindle pretty fast just because yeah. of math. Right. But right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see what it looks like a week from now, what our feelings are on. Uh, yeah. Maybe how the playoff stuff is setting up. Right. By, by this time next week, somebody's going to play at least, you know, six more games on their schedule and they may have won all six or lost all six. Right. And all of a sudden you got a one and seven team that we're talking about that, you know, we it's felt like it was a postseason team. Basically eliminated. So yeah. yeah. One and seven start in 60 game season. Yeah. Yikes. It's not a good look. So, no, no. all right. Well, that's it for us this week and uh, we'll be, we'll be back next week. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>